Fast Star Friday. Welcome back to the Fast Five Star Podcast, presented by the Wide World of Rome and hosted by yours truly, Jimmy Robertson, head football coach at Fairleigh Dickinson University. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of the FFSP as we continue on our quest of being Fast Five Star. In life and in sports, our mindset can set us apart from our competition. If you're going to do it, do it the best you can. And don't just try to do it the best you can, but try to be the best. It's a mindset that can give you a competitive advantage in everything you do. As a coach, as an athlete, as a business person, in any industry. And this is exactly the mindset of today's guest on the FFSP. I am beyond fired up to have Coach Chip Vaughn, defensive assistant with the NFL's New York Jets, joining us on the Fast Five Star Podcast. Coach Vaughn's mindset is a thing of beauty. It's what has helped him reach elite levels as both a player and now as a coach. As a player, he was a first-team All-ACC performer at Wake Forest and a fourth-round NFL draft pick by the New Orleans Saints, where he won a Super Bowl. And now, as a coach, he has quickly risen in the profession. And as you will see, a big part of this success is his mindset. I highly, highly recommend that you get out your pen and notebook because Coach Chip Vaughn is about to go into great detail on what it means to have both a competitive mindset and a growth mindset and how it's helped him do what he's done every step along his journey. We've talked many times on this show about learning, growing and developing coach Vaughn lives those words so without further ado here's my conversation with New York Jets assistant coach Chip Vaughn welcome to another edition of the FFSP I'm fired up to have another big-time guest joining us today as we have Coach Chip Vaughn, defensive assistant with the New York Jets, joining us on the Fast Five Star Podcast. Coach, thanks for joining and welcome. No problem, man. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be on the show, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. For all of our listeners that don't know, the, the New York Jets facility is right across the street from FDU, my home, so it's great to have a neighbor on and and. Coach, to kick us off, can you just give our listeners some insight into who you are, your background, and some past experiences that have led to your role now with the Jets? All right. So about me, a quick little rundown. Um, I am the son of a retired Air Force colonel, so I lived in a whole bunch of spots. Um, I graduated high school from Robinson High School, which is in Fairfax, Virginia, which is outside of D.C., Um, 
Graduated back in 04. Then after that, I uh, went to the Wake Forest University. Uh, from there, I played from 04 to 08. Um, you know, our, our, our time there was pretty special, man. You know, uh, we uh, won the ACC back in 06, you know, because we were picked to finish, I think, dead last. And so it was just a crazy ride there. Um, my uh, recruiting class of 2004, out of that class at Wake, five guys got drafted, which is crazy because that was like more than Alabama, SC, Texas, you know. So it was kind of like the stars aligned and everything, man. It's been great. Um, so after my time there at Wake, um, I was drafted in the fourth round by the Saints. Um, so that was 09. Uh, won a ring that year. Um, had some injuries throughout my pro career. So it was cut short. Um, so I only have uh, four seasons. Um, in those seasons, I had like six surgeries, like all on the left side, which is crazy. Um, so after my pro career was done, you know, I was kind of like, what am I trying to do next? I don't know. You know, so I was actually uh, down in Houston, Texas, and I was a algebra teacher waiting for a start date for the Secret Service, you know, because once I got hurt with football, man, I didn't want anything to do with it. I actually hated it. I hated football. Like, I didn't want to talk football, watch football, anything. Um, so while I'm teaching, you know, uh, trying to be a secret surgeon guy and then the football coach at that high school found out that I used to play then he stopped by he said hey Chip man do you want to just you know um just see if you want to come help out and stuff I was like okay I'll try it I, I did that man and after the first game Friday Night Lights man I caught all the same love and feelings and bugs again just the smell yeah. of fresh grass and I caught that love again in his back but now it's like even more now, you know? Um, and so that was in 14 um, is when I started to coach. So uh, I became, you know, like the secondary coach there. And then um, through the PA, the following year, I got an internship at a D2 school called Winston-Salem State. Um, and so I was there in 15 for about a month. And then afterwards, they uh, promoted me from an intern to the safeties coach. Okay, and uh, co-special teams. And um, I was there in 15, and then the D.C. from there actually got promoted and got the head job at Fable State, and then he asked me to come be the secondary coach and the pass game guy there. So from there, I was at Fable State for two years. Um, and then after two years, one day I got a phone call from the O.C. at Wake when I was there. Um, he called and said that coach Troy Calhoun is trying to find a secondary coach. Are you interested? And I said, hell yeah. <laughs> All right. And so um, uh, coach Lobo is the O-line coach there. And so, you know, like that was a whole connection. And actually Troy used to work for coach Grove back at Ohio and at Wake, um, you know, so uh Talked to Troy, man, and then that was an awesome experience there. 
Uh, and then after that, um, I got a call from Greg Williams uh, of February last year. Uh, and that's how I got to the Jets. Um, and then, yeah, so I've been here. And now it's year two with the second staff here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. De definitely a unique journey and a very, very successful journey. You know, whether it was as a player at Wake Forest, you know, first team all ACC, you know, the stats that you had when you were there. And as you said, all the guys that got drafted, you were a fourth round pick, won a ring. You've had success everywhere you've been. But that comes down to me. That comes down to the mindset you have, the mindset to be great. You know, where, where does that mindset come from for you? Uh, truthfully, man, it comes from my parents, um, especially my father. OK, so he, he was always my coach all the way up until high school. And it was something in any sport or activity I did. It was always instilled. He said, Chip, if you're going to do it, then you're going to do it the best way that you can. There is no half stepping at all. And anything you do, you have to give it your best, but not just your best. Like you want to be the yeah. best, too. So finding ways to get that done and then always thinking that there's somebody out there who's trying to take your spot too, yeah. you know? So it's always not being complacent and always thinking that there's always room to get better at something. Mm -hmm. And so um, my dad is the one that really instilled that mindset work ethic, man. And so, yeah, that's where it comes from. Yeah. And always wanting to get better. That's something we talk about a lot on the Fast Five Star Podcast, having that, that growth mindset, learning, growing, growing and developing. And you could tell you do that from an outsider looking in at your career. You were AFCA 35 under 35 uh, selection. You had a Bill Walsh coaching fellowship. You were in the NFL NCA Coaches Academy. You don't just get these things by accident. You have to have that growth mindset. So how important is that development to you, that personal development and having that growth mindset? Man, I think, I think it's something that carries over to anything that you do in life. Um, and Coach Grove at Wake always said this, and it stuck as this. He said, every day there's two things. And these two things will happen every single day of your life. And he said, it's this. You either get better or you get worse. You don't stay the same from day to day. And then it's something like when I look back through all the things that he said in college, like that's the one thing that always stuck. He said, you're either getting better or worse, but you never stay the same. All right. And then uh, the growth mindset, it goes back to my pops, man. Like he always said, there's no growth comfort <laughs> excuse me you know so just having that growth mindset means that you're comfortable being uncomfortable because mm -hmm. growth is not easy it's hurt it hurts it's painful but if you have that mindset it's kind of like a trick where you like that pain right like you love that discomfort you know if it doesn't feel right mm -hmm. that in the back of your head that you know you're getting better that one percent right and so just always thinking, man, this is hard, man, this is tough. But you're like smiling, like, yeah, it is hard. Yeah. But cool, I love it. Yeah. I'm getting better, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of guys that we've had on the show that have said similar things. Last week's guest, Coach Siasi, said, you know, strain through the hard things to make it easy. We had uh, 
Andrew Jackson, he's the D-line coach at West Virginia, and he said something similar, like, be comfortable being uncomfortable, you know, ask questions to guys. Don't feel like you can't ask those questions. So I love that you said that answer because it's so true. The guys that get to that championship level do that. Exactly, man. And, and it's something anybody that I ever worked under, I always would ask them, man, give me your hardest work. Give me all the hard things. I don't want anything easy. I want the hard stuff because personally, I get better. Selfishly, I'm showing my boss that I'm willing to take on the harder roles, but not just take those roles on, but excel at those roles too. You know, so, so there is a little bit of professionalism that guys have, you know, it's kind of where you have to see your, your in game, right? Like what, what do you truly want to accomplish in your coaching career? And like, you can't play checkers and think like, okay, I got to bounce to this job, that job, da, 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 da. Like you really got to play chess and and sit back and think, okay, if I want to be a head coach one day, what are the steps I have to take to get there? Now, the worst thing that a, a coach can do is try to compare your path with somebody else's, right? Like we all have a different path. Um, so it's just having that plan, but just don't be anxious about just trying to jump on every opportunity because every opportunity is not going to lead you to your end goal. Right. All right. So just always have that end goal in mind. And so that's why doing things like the Bill Walsh and the AFCA and the Academy stuff, man, it's about just expanding your network and growing and being uncomfortable because out of all that stuff I did, man, I would be lying if I said I wasn't, uncomfortable yeah. the whole time you know what i'm saying like anything that i've done there i mean i was like oh man i'm about to be around all these great minds all these great coaches i'm a little nervous i don't know if i'm gonna be as smart as this guy blah 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 but man it turned out it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me yeah yeah and that's that's how we connected you know for all everyone listening to the show here you know coach von tweeted out that the 35 under 35 was life-changing for him and that's when i uh connected with him because I was fortunate and blessed to get picked for the 21 class excited to get down to the convention this coming year to be a part of that and you know get out of my comfort zone and learn from all the great coaches that I'm going to be surrounded by so that's what connected us and it's just having that growth mindset and you know as you said take on those those tough tasks and I want to ask you coach you mentioned earlier you know you got retained by the Jets for year two here for yourself under a new coaching staff was it you doing the things like that, taking on those hard tasks and not only taking them on, but excelling at them that made uh, Coach Salah look at you and say, hey, we, we got to keep Chip on staff here? I think so, man, you know, because it was a case where I set myself up just so it happened if there happened to be a coaching change where I wouldn't have to change how I conduct myself, right? So mm – -hmm. Every day, regardless where I'm at, all right, I always part by the head coach's spot, okay? Now, there's a head coach spot, a DC spot, special teams, right? But there's an empty spot right next to the head coach. And every single day, I'm the first one there, and I park right beside him. And now, uh, once this new staff came, I did the same exact thing. I parked right by Sal's car or or his spot. So he saw whoever the hell that was. He's like, damn, 
He's here every single day. And then every day he left, that same car was still there. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and, and after about, shoot, was about six weeks there, you know, um, I had a opportunity to leave and go coach in the, in the big 10, you know, and that's when I found out Salah's like, listen, that's a great chance chip, you know, but wherever they're offering you, give us a chance to match it. And I was like, cool, you know? Um, and so that's when we spoke and talked about, you know, how I've been doing, blah, blah, blah. And that they weren't really trying to let me leave it all, you know? And so just having that reassurance that you're wanted somewhere, right? As a coach, man, that was awesome, you know, cause shoot, like we uh, spoke about, man, my daughter was born uh, November 23rd. Um, so I think that was a uh, week week 14, week 15, mm -hmm. you know, and then, um, you know, she's about to turn eight months now, man. It's just that whole time from having a two and 14 season, the staff gets fired, a new staff came in, you know, so it's a little bit stressful here, mm -hmm. you know, and so just have everything play out and how it is now, man, it's been a total blessing. It's been awesome. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that first impression is the only impression and you made a, you know, a noticeable one and a memorable one on coach to make him not only want to keep you, but make sure you didn't leave without giving them a chance to, you know, to keep you. So, you know, that, that's just awesome. You know, I think that's a great thing for all coaches to hear, whether it's a new up and coming coach or coach that's been in the profession for 30 years, we can all learn something from that one, you know, and, and speaking of, of learning from, you know, people, you know, throughout our careers, I know you mentioned coach grow and some other coaches, do you have some other mentors or guys that you've learned from? And then are there some key things that you've taken from them that now has helped mold your coaching philosophy? And then what are things that, you know, define your coaching philosophy? Okay. Um, one is I'm going to start with the coaches that have helped. Uh, one was coach Richard Hayes. He's the head coach at Fable state. Um, he, he, he showed me that it's not about what we know is, coaches is what we know but how can we translate that to the players language like how can we get on their level to play as fast as they can all right and then another one going back to high school will be my high school coach coach mark bendorf he is in the high school coaches hall of fame man he's an awesome coach and uh, even better man i talked to him to this day um, you know, and, and he gave me or he still gives me the mindset or reminding me of where I come from and then just having that same growth mindset, you know. And then before I actually got to the pros, I would say Coach Calhoun. Troy Calhoun is one of the top three smartest coaches I ever met in my life. Um, he was the only coach that I've been around that literally could walk into any staff, any staff meeting, offense, defense, special teams can speak and coach to every coach in that room. Like he just knows ball inside and out, man. It's wild. Um, but he, he showed me. And then my time there was that the world is filled with a bunch of problem ideas identifiers <clears throat> excuse me but there's not enough problem solvers out there 
Um, and, and that's something that the academy really teaches their airmen there is that don't be a person that just complains about stuff. Be a person that's going to find answers and that you're going to abuse every resource. You're going to turn over every rock. Um, and that's something that really, man, that, that helped me out so much. And I love Troy to death. Um, and it's something that like the coach is there that you have to do every single day. And it all starts with recruiting, right? Because like, you're trying to find that special student athlete, one that is real good to play D one top notch ball out there. And then two is you got to have the grades. And then the third piece is the military side of it. You know, so you're literally trying to find a needle in the haystack. And if you don't turn over every rock and look in every corner, then you're not going to find a guy, right? And so we recruit an entire country, islands included, all right? Like, we go everywhere, right? Like, recruiting is nonstop, you know, and, and it's something that kind of gets you trained up and stuff like that and just applies to the football mm-hmm. part too, man. But it's, it's, it's just great out there, man. I, I can't say enough great things mm-hmm. about him. Yeah, and service academies are definitely special places. Prior to coming to FDU, I was at the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy, you know, the D3 version of Air Force, Army, and Navy, USMMA, and Coast Guard being the two D3 versions. And, you know, special places. We actually open up with them this year, but the opportunity to coach at a place like that, I was there for four years, and you being at Air Force, and maybe even more special for you, because I believe you said your dad was is retired Air Force, so that was probably right. even more special for you to be able to coach it there but you learn so much being at those academies, the detail, the rigor of the day-to-day life of that student athlete, plus having their regimental duties. You know, it taught me a lot. And I know it taught you a lot as well from that answer. Oh man, it's crazy, man. Listen, um, so it's, it's funny. So my first spring meeting, so I have my whole room, right. And a starter, he came in 20 minutes late. And shoot, I'm like, shit, I'm about to bust his ass right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you come <laughs> and then I found out that the guy swam two miles mm-hmm. before coming to football practice. Mm-hmm. All right. And then the following week, another guy had a combative class and he walked in with a busted lip, black eye, nose all turned. Mm-hmm. And he's like, coach, man, I just had this class. I'm like, okay, what the hell happened? He's like, man, I had to fight five guys. Um, like, damn. Right? You know, so, like, all this stuff would happen before a full yeah. pad practice. You know, like, cats don't know what these guys do outside of football, man. And it's awesome. It's special. Um, and I have just the utmost respect for anybody that has gone to any academy, man. The yeah. utmost respect for Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh, I, I know I, I probably wouldn't be able to do it myself, so – you know, a big thank right. you to everyone that does that and then everything they do post-graduation, all the great things they do. And coach, in your answer, when you were talking about your mentors, you mentioned the, your coach at Fayetteville and you talked about how he talked about how you have to translate what we know as coaches to get it to the level of the players so they can play fast. And that's critical, you know, being able to teach your players. And I know whether it was last year with the Jets when you guys played a lot of young guys in the secondary and now this year in year two for you, it's a whole new system. So you have to basically reteach everything to all these guys again. Are there things you do to speed that process up to teach your guys? 
Um, I think what what speeds it up is to make the language that it is presented clear, right? Because I think a problem with what a lot of us coaches do is that we try to be like PhDs in it as far as like when we talk about it. All right. So ISO Mm -hmm. is ISO. (laughs) Cover three is cover three, right? So um, like why try to reinvent the wheel, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's that piece. And then the second piece is, okay, instead of trying to install like a whole bunch of schemes and all that first, like what I thought what Coach Solid does great is we taught all technique first, okay? And I think that is awesome. So we would teach techniques in all of our coverages and schemes first Mm -hmm. and then go back and teach the scheme. So now the player sees himself at that spot. Okay, so it's cover three and I have this curl flat drop. That's how I do that drop within that scheme. That's how I do that technique within that scheme. And so after you go back, it's like the light bulb goes off. And like, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that at any place I've ever been. Right. You know, so I think that's awesome. That's something that I took, stashed it in my little book, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Whenever I become a DC head coach, I'm going to do it the exact same way. And the way that our guys have picked up our system so far, man, it's been great. Now, I'm not saying anything about the season. I'm going to be real quiet about it, but just to see how our guys were able to pick up this scheme so quickly, it's been great, man. Yeah, doing things like that's get, that's going to allow your guys to play instinctively. Now when they play instinctively, they'll be able to play fast mentally, so now they can play fast physically. And uh, I heard uh, Coach Sala on one of his mic dubs, one of your guys was talking about, oh, you know, when you get to the end of the season, now stuff starts clicking. And Coach kind of said, no, our system is designed, so it clicks right away. And now it makes sense with the answer you just said. You know, it really makes sense of how you guys teach it, which is awesome. You know, because that's something that um, that he preached here is that we're mm-hmm. teachers first. Like a coach yeah. is a teacher, you know. And so uh, for us to have the best message, we have to understand how our guys learn. And so you can't coach every player the same exact way, right? And so that's, that's something that we do here is that every player has different needs and it's up to us as coaches to meet whatever that need is mm-hmm. you know so man it's, it's, it's just it's great it's great man i love being here i love just learning and growing every single day yeah no it's phenomenal stuff because as you said all the players they do need it a different way a lot of them probably learn differently than they think they learn so you guys presenting it and having a process unique to you guys that's very detailed you know is allowing them to excel and are there other things coach that you know, that Coach Sala has done that has helped create the culture that you guys want within the Jet organization, you know, in the last few months or so as you head into the season? Um, I think one of the biggest things he's done to help establish a brand new scheme and culture here is to give every player, let's say, every player has a chance to speak up, right? A voice, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, So, everybody's opinion, it matters, right? Um, and then it's just for us as coaches is to, sh- to show our guys that we truly care about you, yeah. you know? So, so like we're telling our guys, look, man, I'm trying to get you 
a brand new contract. I'm trying to get you paid. I'm trying to get you to a Pro Bowl, you know. So, like, guys up here, like, they got to know that you have their best interest at heart. But, like, that's everywhere, right? Like, any player that knows that their coach cares about them more than just a football player, man, that person will run through a freaking brick wall for you, right? So that's been the biggest thing here is just expressing our love for them. You know, it's love. Really, it's love. It's so true. It's so true. It could be youth level, Pop Warner, high school, college pros. If they know we care as coaches, they're going to do what you ask. They're going to go above and beyond. Something we talk about here at FDU, we talk about being a real family. It's our core values. And the R-E-A-L, the R is respect. The E is energy, the A is accountability, and the L is love, and that allows us to be real. But it's exactly what you just said. It starts with respect, ends with love. They know that we all love one another. We love them as coaches, and hopefully it's all reciprocated. Now we have a chance to be successful. Yep, yep, exactly, man. And then I think that goes into uh, something called extreme ownership, Mm -hmm. right? And it's where every person, regardless of the role that they have, a stake in it, you know, that like you matter. So if you think about how a clock is made, okay? Now a clock has hundreds, if not thousands of pieces, okay? And if there's one piece that's out of place, that clock won't work, all right? So it's yeah. it's a, uh, I'm gonna do my job so my brother can do his job, okay? So everybody has, something at stake. Everybody is counting on you. You're vested. You're loved, man. If I think those things connect, it's synergy, man. It is great. Boom. Sky's the limit after that. Oh yeah. It aligns everyone in one direction because the best organizations, whether it's the NFL, college, D1, 2, 3, those organizations that the guys truly enjoy being around each other and that are aligned in that one direction for the betterment of the organization, those are the ones that end up winning ball games, and then they win in much more than that, not just on the field. That's right. That's right. And, and Coach, to transition a little bit more now to just some football-specific stuff, you were an elite DB at Wake Forest, first-team All-ACC. Again, your stats speak for themselves, fourth-round draft pick, Super Bowl champion when you were with the Saints. What goes into being an elite DB? Are there some attributes that you look for now even when you're trying, you guys are talking about signing guys with the Jets. You want some attributes that really stand out that make a guy elite. Um, hmm. there, there are a lot of traits that go into it. Um, of course, I think a lot of it, well, the most important is the DNA, you know, because there's stuff that us as coaches that we can't coach, right? You know, like speed. That's nothing to do with any coach. It's mom and daddy right there, right? Um, you know, arm length, all that. But foot speed, man, foot speed is so vital to be a great DB, you know, because cats now and these wideouts, man, like if you don't have quick feet or twitch, man, slow feet don't eat, man. It's going to be a long day for you. (laughs) So just having quick feet, but then go to the mental side of it. And this just comes from, watching film on a guy right is his mental makeup and that's something as a db that you got to have you have to be mentally tough because every play is not a kill shot it's not going to be you know like a big play like cats will catch the ball on you you may make a tackle but you may get 
ran over, you know? So it, it, it like you make it bomb sometimes, but a great DB has that. So what now what next play mentality, you know? So those are two things that you have to have mm-hmm. quick feet and the next play mentality. Okay. You ain't gonna do it again. Yeah. Right. You know? So I think those are two crucial things you have to have. Oh yeah. To me, and I played quarterback, and here at FDU, I still coach our quarterbacks. But I think DB is like quarterback. It, it's a difficult position. One, if you're a corner, you might be on an island all game. You know, you, you got no help there. You might be one-on-one all game. And then as a safety, you're the field general of the defense. So I think mm-hmm. the mental capacity and the physical attributes are critical. That, that's, a, that's a tough position in my mind, one of the toughest in all of sport, if you ask me. I'm glad you said that, man. I'm glad you said that. And I agree 1000% because we have cats that are running full speed, four threes, four twos right at us. And we have to run backwards, you know? Yeah. So oh, yeah. uh, it, it is challenging. It's hard. Um, the, the rules may not be set up for the fans to see some <laughs> great defensive back play. I'm not going to speak about that, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it is something that you in Brace and love, yeah. you know, and just you have that challenge every single time that you line up. Oh yeah, out there, you know. And then as a safety, it's like man, limelight's on me because if I screw up, it's touchdown, right? Yeah. And the whole stadium, everybody on TV will know that you screwed up. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably didn't. It's somebody else's fault. They don't know that. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So it's just as a safety that you just accept that role that you're in the limelight and everybody is watching. And exactly like you said, you are the quarterback of the defense. Right. Like, so you're at the only spot that sees everything out there. Like you're the only player involved in every aspect of mm-hmm. defense, the run game, the pass game. Like you see it all. Right. So it's a huge, huge responsibility you know and, and it takes a special athlete man it takes it just takes a special athlete yeah. yeah it definitely does a special athlete physically and mentally to play that position in my opinion and, and you did it you know again you did it at the highest of all levels and now you're coaching it at the highest of all levels and I have to ask you if there's a corner you're, you're one-on-one what are you looking for? You, you know, you might be one-on-one with an all-pro wide receiver. You know, what, what are you telling your DB in that situation? Maybe it's what you thought to be such a great player yourself, but what, I know we talked a lot about mindset already, but what's that mindset one-on-one? You may know they're coming at you because it's one-on-one, and based on your film study, they're going to take that regardless of who the corner is. But what are you telling that DB in that situation? Well, before we get to the actual matchup, we will study that guy inside and out. Every – release he possibly could have from inside left, outside left, the head up, if you play him off, you got a hard corner, soft corner. We're trying to see all that stuff, right? So before we actually get lined up, we're actually going to know him better than he probably knows himself. Every tendency, if his back foot, he likes to get it tightened down on the ground, if his gloves, he tries, tries to get those gloves a little bit tight. Like every person out there has a tendency and it comes down to film study. Can you find it? And it's something that we tell our guys every single day. It's like the offense is telling us a story, fellas. Every time they break the huddle, every time they get lined up, they're telling us a story. The question is, are we reading the book? Because that's 
one thing about offense and defense, like the offense, they can't really lie, mm-hmm. right? Like what we see is probably what we're going to get. Now, you know, like they like to do, you know, motion shifts, stuff like that, but that's just window dressing, right? But on defense, the offense really don't know what the hell we're doing, you know? So as long as we cannot tip our hat, we're good. Right. But you got to read that story, though, like alignment split and then the tendencies involved. So once we get lined up against a Julio Jones, like all the, you know, all the stress and anxiety, all that's gone now. Because mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, he's just another guy out here, yeah. you know, because we respect everybody. Right. Right. But at the same time everybody's going to get this work, though. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. we respect the hell out of everybody, but you're still going to catch this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that, too. I love how you said that they're telling us a story, but are we reading it? Because it just comes down to the preparation. How detailed are you going to be? And it goes back into the type of coach you are. You know, as you said earlier, the head coach had his parking spot, the OC and the DC, and then that empty spot, and you were parking in it every day because of the preparation you were putting in and the work ethic you have which I know now, you know, is getting instilled in all the players that you're coaching uh, in the secondary. So I absolutely love that answer. And I got to ask coach again, thank you so much for joining us on the show here. I know I've already have a couple pages of notes and I know all of our listeners are going to get a ton from it, but uh, a couple of last questions to wrap it up. Got to ask you, what are you most excited about for the 21 season here as training camp is coming quick? And I, I just can't wait to get back in the MetLife Stadium with it full, packed to the brim. Yes, we have some of the best fans in the world, and I haven't got to experience that yet because of COVID. I can't wait to see Fireman Ed up there saying J-E-T-S, Jess, Jess, Jess. I cannot wait for it. That's going to be fun. I'm excited for it again. You guys are right across the street from us, so you can definitely tell there's a buzz around the organization here at FDU, so I absolutely love it. And to wrap up, Coach, one last question I love to ask all our guests on the Fast Five Star Podcast. Being Fast Five Star, it's bringing that great energy and passion in our relentless pursuit of greatness to get to that elite championship level, things you've done throughout your entire career as both a player and now as a coach. If there was one last piece of advice that you could give our listeners that has gotten you to that elite championship, fast five-star level, what would it be? If you don't have time, make time. Meaning, wake up a little bit earlier. If it's 30 minutes or an hour, make time, right? Because there's one thing in common between you and whoever your op is, Mm -hmm. your opponent, is time. That's the only thing that we have in common, but what separates us is what we do with that time. So to anybody who says if you don't have time or if you find yourself not having enough, wake up earlier. Yes, sir. That's a fact. Find a way to get it done. Find Find a a way way to get get it done. done. Well, Coach, I appreciate it. Coach, would you mind dropping maybe your Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, or a way people can connect with you? Some coaches, maybe if they had some follow-up questions. Okay, okay. So – Twitter's coach underscore C uh, underscore Vaughn. And then Instagram is coach underscore C Vaughn. Um, And so you guys can just shoot me a friend request, DM, 
whatever it is, I'm there. I'm going to respond to you. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Again, I appreciate you responding when I reached out. It all goes back into that growth mindset that you have, that, that I try to have, and that I know a lot of our listeners have. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening to the show. So thank you for all the knowledge you just dropped on us. Really, really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing all your continued success and hopefully get over to a couple of training camp practices, being that you're right across the street and look forward to meeting in person and best of luck this season. Oh, thanks, man. Um, and yeah, man, anytime that you're trying to stop by, hit me up, man. Just holler at me, man. And thanks again for having me on. I can't wait. You know, I'm about to actually go back and just watch everything that you've done, man. This is great, man. And, and I'm sure that like you said, man, there's a ton of knowledge through everything that, that you have done so far, man. So Jim, man, I just want to say thank you, man. No, thank you. I, I appreciate the kind of words. And that, that's been the best part about this whole thing. I know we talked about it off air before we started recording, but getting to talk to guys like you and so many other great coaches, athletic directors, I've learned more in, in the last seven months, you know, probably than my entire career, just getting to meet with guys like you. So this has been phenomenal. You know, I, I hey, it's been great. Hey, it's been fantastic. But the only thing I say is do not call me great. I'm far from it. I'm far <laughs> from it. I don't, hey, listen, I don't know diddly nothing i don't know anything man i'm still growing we're all growing but you're, you're doing something right to have all the success you've already have but coach thanks again you know best of luck this season thanks man you too have a good one thank you wow what a phenomenal conversation with coach chip Vaughn. if you're gonna do it do it the best you can and don't just try to do it the best you can, but try to be the best. He learned it from his dad, and it's helped to shape his mindset throughout his entire career. There is no growth in comfort. We must be comfortable being uncomfortable. We must love the pain and discomfort that comes along with being great. I absolutely love Coach's mindset of wanting to be given the hardest work. It gets him better, allows him to grow and learn. But at the same time, he's showcasing his skills. And at the same time, he's getting his program and organization and his players better. Because not only is he doing the hardest work, he's excelling at it. But it all ties into his growth mindset. Every step in his journey, Coach has been a sponge for knowledge. He embraces it. And because of it, his players are now benefiting greatly. As coaches, we are all teachers. Just as Coach Vaughn said, just as Coach Salah has said to his staff with the New York Jets, we must be great teachers, whether it's high school, college, the NFL. Having a growth mindset and loving his players allows Coach Vaughn to become a better teacher daily. You add that growth mindset with the competitive mindset to be the best, and now special things will happen. It's no coincidence. It's one of Coach Vaughn's competitive advantages over his competition. 
What is your competitive advantage over your competition and opponents? Take a step back and think about it. For Coach Vaughn, one of those competitive advantage is his mindset. And as Coach said, us and our opponents all have one thing in common. Time. There's 24 hours in a day. What separates us is what we are willing to do with that time. What are you willing to do to be great? Continue to learn, continue to grow, continue to develop, and continue to compete. As we've previously discussed on the show, have a CEO mentality. It's a foundational aspect of being Fast Five Star. And something we discuss a lot here at FDU with our players. CEOs are CEOs because everything they do is at a CEO level. There's no picking and choosing when you want to be great. Chase that greatness daily in all that you do. Just like Coach Vaughn has done throughout his entire career. And I want to thank Coach Vaughn for joining us on the FFSP. I know for a fact that we all just got better because of it. I'm excited to continue to watch his success, and I'm excited to get over to the Jets facility right across the street from FDU to check out Coach in Action during training camp. I want to wish him and the New York Jets the best of luck in the upcoming 2021 season. And I want to once again thank everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of the FFSP. Remember, subscribe to the Fast Five Star Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. On Anchor, on Spotify, rate it, review it, leave us a comment or a voice message. Hit us up on our social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Jim Robertson QB, at Fast Five Star, at Wide World of Rome. Hit us up so we can connect and stay on this journey of being Fast Five Star together. And I hope everyone has a Fast Five Star Friday. Don't just be your best. Go be the best. And until next week, we are all aboard.